Hey, good morning and welcome to Hump Day. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And how you doing? Uh, right now, the president uh, is going to be speaking. He may have already started speaking uh, about the bombing last night of the air bases in Iraq. The I guess you call it a bombing, right? I mean, they, they launched, I think they said 12, 15 missiles and and uh, but before they did, the Iranians did. In case uh, you don't know, we're uh, not real happy with them, and we murdered one of their generals. And of course, you know the Iranians, you know, did some damage to the oil fields in Saudi Arabia, put mines in the Strait of Hormuz, and did some other stuff we didn't like. And. Uh, we killed their general. They they launched these bombs last night, but they were nice enough. Uh, they called first, so uh, no casualties. I don't even know how much damage was really done. Uh, and and I'll leave it to everybody else because I don't know. But this is what I was told. They called the Iraqis, who called us, who said, "Hey, go get, go to the bunker." Um, the one air base. There was two different air bases they attacked. Uh, uh, the big one where I got most of the bomb. I guess if this thing is a massive thing, you can drop a bunch of bombs in there and hit nothing. Uh, but 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 uh, neither here nor there. There's no casualties. I'll bring you up to speed uh, when I get details on that. We've had a tumultuous market late last night. Well, it was actually wasn't that late because uh, I was still here at work. Uh, but it was later in the you know late afternoon, four four o'clock, five o'clock Arizona time. Uh, gold touched sixteen hundred, and the February contract, which is uh, the contract that it's trading right now, actually got to sixteen thirteen early this morning. Right now, gold flat, uh, sixteen seventy five, uh, right where it closed yesterday. Uh, but but we'll we'll bring you up to speed. Plus the fact everybody else will talk about Iraq and, and Iran and what happened didn't happen. You can get that there. I got a great show lined up for you. Uh, so many different things to talk about uh, that aren't uh, Iraq uh, or Iran. I guess I'm saying Iraq because Iraq and Iran kind of are now the same thing because Iran is in charge over there. Uh, but but a lot of other things, you know. Uh, Keeping the trade headlines out of out of the out of the mainstream, I still have yet to get any confirmation or see any confirmation that it's actually going to happen. Remember, that's supposed to happen next week. Uh, we'll have to wait. Still, nothing there on that. Earnings, a lot of earnings have come out. They don't want to talk about them because they don't want you to know that the the earnings are just. You know, the, they call it forward earnings. And why they tell you the stock market isn't overvalued. Oh, well, forward earnings, it's only 18, 19 times. What they don't tell you is the forward, forward earnings are a bunch of bull. You know, they, they just aren't going to happen. But neither here nor there. Uh, Walgreens today. Uh, we had FedEx uh, late last week. Uh, Macy's. 28 more locations uh, closing for Macy's plus a Bloomingdale's. Uh, Pier 1 Imports, 495 stores are going to close. That's half of them. Uh, I think the other half are going to close very soon. Uh, I think bankruptcy and liquidation is in the future for Pier 1. Uh, who else? Somebody else. I miss. Oh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, they did a Kmart. They have some real estate. Uh, they sold it. 
uh, and are leasing back to try to stay in business. Again, I think bankruptcy uh, is in the future for them as well. Uh, and then, you know, we, we heard about Dean. Remember Dean Foods, the, the largest milk producer in the country? Uh, yesterday, the second largest milk producer, Borden Dairies, filed for bankruptcy protection. Uh, it's a Chapter 11. So uh, Borden, by the way, uh, started up in 1857. Uh, they got uh, all kinds, you know, the whole milk industry. And really, I'll, t- I'll tell you, you know, they'll say, oh, well, you know, they blamed it on their employees and, well, really, pensions. So now with bankruptcy, they can jettison those. Uh, the, and then they blamed it on milk alternatives, you know, like soy milk and this milk. Uh, I'm going to blame it on something else. Walmart stopped, stopped being a customer, and they became uh, their own dairy processor. Uh, but either way, it doesn't really matter. They got 3,300 employees. Uh, of that, uh, 23% of them, yeah, they're, they're under a collective bargaining agreement. Uh, don't say uh, exactly how many people are going to lose their jobs, but if you got a pension from uh, Board and Dairies, uh, don't look for the check in the mail. Uh, or, well, at least a significant reduction of the check in the mail. And then the United States Postal Service lost $9 billion for 2019. And it's amazing because you're sitting there, you're, you're thinking, how can it be uh, with, with with Amazon and the amount of deliveries now being made by the Postal Service uh, and, and all the online stuff. And I know it's not just Amazon, UPS, and, and FedEx, but, I mean, the U- United States Postal Service gets so much a big article today uh, about how the Postal Service, of course it's a government agency, you can't find their butt with either hand, uh, the, the ridiculous pricing uh, that allows... Uh, for all of these retailers, I just told you, I just gave you, by the way, there's going to be so many more store closures. And you think about, I don't even know what last year finished at, 10,000, 15,000 stores closing. Uh, there's going to be so many more again this year. A big part of it uh, is, well, let's face it, the Postal Service is not charging Amazon anywhere close to enough. They only lost $9 billion. Somebody ought to look at that business model. When we return, we're going to talk about student debt, gold, and squatting. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. That is the toll-free number here at Patriot. And I'll, I'll just say, and I've, I've been telling you, I've been telling you this, um, especially over the last year. Allocate more of your resources to gold. Uh, there's a big, big run uh, that that's coming. This and this wasn't it, right? You know, you think about it. Yeah, gold's at a seven-year high, but uh, gold got to what fifteen sixty last year. You know, so sitting there fifteen seventy-five, fifteen eighty. Uh, there's a lot more. I know you know hit sixteen hundred overnight, uh, but there's a lot more coming. I'll get to that in, in a minute. Uh, yesterday on our local news. So Arizona's minimum wage, and I know uh, a lot of the states, like I said, I think it's some 20, 30 states, minimum wage increases hit. And Arizona 
it was a big one. We went, I think we went from 11 to 12. Uh, and they were running the this story about all these restaurants. And yesterday I kind of told you how, man, a couple restaurants in the quarter, one that we were actually going to go eat at, that was, I mean, it was open at Christmas. <laughs> Ain't open anymore. Uh, and they're talking about uh, restaurants. Check your re- your bill. A lot of restaurants, instead of raising the price, and I don't understand it, they're putting the uh, a tax on an extra tax that they say is uh, for the minimum wage. Uh, some of the places they were talking to, three uh, percent added to your bill to 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 pay for the cost, and and it's just you know. Again, they keep trying to say there's no inflation. There's no inflation, yet people can't afford to live. Then you say, well, let's just pay them more. Then you pay them more. Then the the people that employ them can't afford to employ them. And, you know, it's this vicious cycle. See, it was okay when, you know, we went about 10 years where no one raised any wages. And now that the the at least at the bottom end, right, the bottom end, the minimum wage is getting raised, uh, now we've kind of, at least here in Arizona, looks like we may have hit the breaking point for a lot of the restaurants and the bars. And you know that's a big part of our economy, uh, bars and restaurants. Really, in the last, you know, unfortunately, think about it, in the last, well, let's just say the millennium, since Y2K, the fastest growing sectors of jobs. Servers, waiters, waitresses, bartenders, drinking establishments, restaurants, right? And then healthcare, which healthcare is obviously as we get an aging population, but it's not the, you know, we're not nurses and RNs and doctors. No, that's not what we're talking. We're talking about uh, people to come in and change grandma and grandpa's poopy diapers, right? That, I mean, that's the jobs that, that they're talking about. Uh, so something to keep our, our eye on. And then I saw this article uh, and I had to I had to talk about it because I understand the frustration. But it's given me pause because this is part of the problem with America today is the way I and again, the way I see it. Right. <laughs> so depending on what side of the of the fence you're on. This came out of Oakland, California. California lawmakers say they support a group of homeless women who have been illegally living in a vacant three-bedroom house since November. Now, obviously, uh, they, they... they want you to, hey, I've, it's a, it was a vacant home they moved in. Well, what happened was uh, someone bought the house. <laughs> you know, people moved out, and the house was for sale. Someone bought it, and in the meantime, these homeless women moved in. Just said, you know, hey, we're just going to. We're just going to move in here because, you know what, it's not fair because uh, we got nowhere to go. Moms for housing. Oh, well, let me, I guess I skipped a whole other part of this. They've been there since November. Partly 
Now, this is why they say they did it. Partly to protect, uh, to protest real estate speculators. Yes, see, these evil speculators in real estate who drive up housing costs in the pricey San Francisco Bay Area. I don't think that's what it is. I, you know, and, and listen, I don't like speculators either, but I don't think that's what it is. Right? So, oh, I, I guess it's what they're protesting Apple and 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 success, and that obviously it's just cover for squatting. I mean, this is what it is. These people should be evicted immediately. I think everybody, you know, we live in a country of a rule of law. Well, I guess, you know, California, forget the laws, right? Public indecency, ah, forget it, right? Illegal uh, alien, yeah, forget it, right? Squatting, yeah, it's okay. You know, just say you're there because, yeah, it, oh, I'm protesting real estate speculators. That's why I'm squatting. Uh-huh. And they, there's moms for housing now. Where's Mad Cow? Where is Mad Cow? Remember that show? Great show. If you missed the Mad Cow episode uh, with Eric, you got to go listen. I mean, we got mothers against this, mothers against that, mothers against everything. Well, this one's a little twist. This is mothers for housing. Yeah, they're not against it. No, we're for it. For squatting in housing. Now, if it was guys in there, I'm sure it would be a totally different story. Especially if it was white guys. Yeah, forget it. Right? You, you guys got no chance. No squatting for you. They say they recently formed to support the Oakland women. And they interrupted a press conference on legislation to boost housing construction at City Hall, shouting, affordable housing now. I got news for bombs for housing. And for the, the squatters, right? The squatters need to go, right? Find a place you can afford. And, and that's really, you know, like everybody else. But that's the answer. As far as affordable housing, really what they mean is subsidized housing, right? Hey, you know, it's not my fault that uh, I didn't uh, get the winning lottery ticket, and I need you to supplement uh, me. And, you know, it's just another form of welfare. This is the Bernie Sanders movement, right? This is the Democratic Party. I want something for nothing. And the media sympathizes. Right? I mean, 30 years ago, there would have been no sympathy there. Right? The sheriff would have came in, hauled those ladies off the, uh, you know, out of the premises, and that would have been that. Here's one of the women. I want to thank moms for housing, for taking that house, and for demonstrating that nowhere, nowhere should there be a vacant house anywhere in California. See? Hey, if it's vacant, move on in. And by the way, you can move in. Don't pay. Just move in. When, oh, by the way, it's only when 
They have the housing crisis that we have. Here's the crisis. They can't build a house in California. And really, scratch out California, right? Your state in it, right? That's actually affordable. I've been telling, how long have I been telling you? I go back and I, and again, and I say this all the time. I, I like to view myself as the average person out there, right? I'm a middle class guy, right? I go to work every day. I pay my bills. And, you know, and that's really it, right? At the end of the day, that, that, that's it. I just try to make it from one day to the next, one week to the next, one month to the next, like everybody else. And I tell the story of, of me. Me and my wife bought a median-priced home. When our first son was born, he's 20 years old now. So 19 years ago. And it was a hundred and I think it was $132,000. It was three bedrooms, two bath, posted stamp lot, way out of town, out in the anthem at the time, which used to be way out of town, right? Way out of town for a hundred and thirty-two grand. That exact same house is now over $300,000. And by the way, over $300,000, same, you know, you got to still drive way out. 300 grand. And when, you know, granted, now interest rates, our interest rate then was seven and a quarter. Today you get an interest rate probably about four, right? Four percent. So it's a little, you know, interest rate saves a little bit. There's no way we, we couldn't have afforded that house at three hundred grand uh, back when we were just starting out, right? And and again, the the moms for housing, you're mad at the wrong person. The people that own that home aren't the problem, right? It's just like the red for red and all the teacher strikes. Just like all the hey, I want a fifteen dollar minimum wage. I get it. But you're going to see it. You're going to see the restaurants closed. Mark my words. You're going to see it. Right? It, it's the central bank, right? The people that lie to you day in and day out about inflation and all these things. You know, so funny. My wife and I were talking about the $12 thing uh, when the restaurant we were going to eat at on Sunday night had abruptly closed. And I said to her, I said, you know, I think the minimum wage, my first job was $3.15. And I think she said, you know, I'm a little older than my wife. I think she said it was uh, $4.05. You know, now we're at 12. It depends where you live. Somewhere, some places a little more, some places a a little less, but it's 12 bucks. But the problem is the $12 today, doesn't get you anything close to the three bucks I was making before. I actually moved out of my parents' house on a minimum wage job. 
So now you've got the moms for housing. They're out there protesting. And they've got the uh, the people of California, right? Hey, anytime there's a vacant house, there should be moved in. They, we should be able to move in. And it is totally legitimate for homeless moms to take over that house. Again, <laughs> doesn't say dads, <laughs> just moms. The woman said they took over the home after they were unable to find permanent housing in the Bay Area where high-paying tech jobs have, have made income inequality. You know, you got to, you know, again, the, it's not my fault that I'm not successful. And they say the housing shortage. There is no housing shortage. It's just not true. What there is, right, is there's no houses for sale that people making minimum wage can afford. They're also protesting real estate developers who snatch up distressed homes. Right, the flippers. Their fault. Pizza Radio News Hour. Bernie Sanders is listening. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman came to his testimony at Congressman Adam Schiff's impeachment inquiry ready to make a statement for the television cameras. It wasn't a statement of facts implicating President Trump in any impeachable offense. Instead, Vindman came ready to make a fashion statement by unnecessarily wearing his military uniform to make the American public immediately see him as an authority figure. This is not standard practice. It was a calculated move motivated solely by the television viewing audience. It didn't help the Democrats that their star witness, Vindman, had been discredited by his own supervisor, Tim Morrison. According to Morrison, Vindman is not reliable and his judgment is questionable. Morrison is a far more credible witness because he actually has firsthand knowledge about the phone call that started this whole inquiry. Morrison found nothing improper on the telephone call held between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky. In contrast, Vindman appears politically biased by his own disagreement with President Trump's foreign policy, which further undermines Vindman's objectivity. The opinionated views of Vindman and other anti-Trump witnesses hopelessly distorted the hearings. Democrats delayed testimony by those willing to stick to the facts, which vindicated the president. Morrison listened in on the July 25th call. Morrison clearly had firsthand knowledge the other informants lacked. Even the famed whistleblower himself only heard about the call secondhand. It looks mighty suspicious that Morrison and other witnesses who support Trump's statements were not initially allowed to testify publicly. These shady dealings fly in the face of the precedent set by previous impeachment proceedings. Democrats know they can't win in the court of public opinion purely on the merits of their accusations. They have to silence any and all voices contrary to their own. Now that they wield the gavel of the Speaker of the House, they can take complete control of the official impeachment narrative. They can also apply hard pressure on any conservative who doesn't go along with this nonsense. If we're going to end all of this, 
we must apply equal pressure on members of Congress to stand up to Nancy Pelosi's bullying. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For 50 years, Mrs. Schlafly promoted grassroots efforts to rally conservatives. Today, you can harness the power of social media by going to phyllisschlafly.com and sharing these commentaries with friends across the country. Get started at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. And, and again, I, where do you go? Uh, the house was bought at a foreclosure auction last year. Right? This group is going to either rent it, right, and or flip it, right? They've been living in the house for months. The judges, I, I don't know what takes months, but here, here they are. Dominique Walker who has a one-and-five-year-old daughter, she's got two kids, said she moved back to her native Oakland from Mississippi but could not find a place to live in the pricey market. Maybe, I don't know. Dominique, maybe you should have checked that out before you moved back. I'm just saying, right? I mean, it's, it is California. It says it right on the, welcome to California. I mean, you kind of already know. But yet, there she is. She said that many of the people who used to live in her neighborhood have been forced out by rising prices. Housing is a human right. I pay bills there, she said. I pay water. PG&E and Internet. Yeah, but you don't pay the rent. <laughs> See, there's a big problem right there. Right? The hard part of, of living anywhere is making the mortgage payment or the rent payment, right? I mean, that's the big payment. We want to purchase the home. She said, See, there you go. Well, I want it, so I should be able to have it. And this is the, uh, and I hate to say it. Well, actually, no, I don't. Everybody gets a trophy, right? This is it right here. This is what you get. You know what? I wanted to buy the hole, but I lost to these people, so I'm just going to take it. Because uh, you know what? I deserve a trophy. Right? I deserve a trophy like everybody else. Anyway, I'll keep you posted. Uh, by the way, the house was bought in foreclosure for five hundred grand. <laughs> it was built in 1908, has one bathroom, and uh, is under 1,500 square feet. So, you know, forget about my story about 300 grand. 
you know, yeah. Again, this is why Bernie Sanders and and the left. This is this is what they want, right? I deserve a trophy. You know what? I wanted to buy that house. I just couldn't afford it, so I just moved in anyway. Right? And I got mobs for housing. I got... <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to have Eric talk about Bad Cow again. Wall Street Journal today. Student loan bonds drop or dodge a drop in ratings. And I, I was like, hmm, I wonder how they did because... You know, student loans, so many people don't pay. And I'm like, how could these? And I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, these got to be right near junk or something like that. Let me, you're not going to believe it. This is, it's such a great story because this is so many people. There's a, a lady, Julie Shinnecock. She's 50 years old. She owes about $250,000 in student loans. See, here's the thing about student loans. The second you graduate, the clock starts. And they allow you to do all of this stuff. Defer, do this, file for, file for less than interest only, file for this, file for that. What they don't tell you, though, is the interest keeps going, right? Just keeps going and going. And then you're 50, and you owe 250K. She was happy to get a new payment plan that lowered her monthly bill, right? Sure, I get it, right? Hey, I want to I wanna lower my monthly bills, too. Unfortunately, the bondholders who back her loans, matter of fact, there's two different bonds that this $250,000, because you got to remember, this is how they do it, right? They take these bonds and they tear them up in itsy-bitsy pieces and they sprinkle them all over the place. The two bonds were due originally in 2043 and 2054. Now, I'm not a math whiz, but I'm pretty good at it. You know, she's it's 2020. Uh, she's 50 right now. So in 34 years, she'd be 84. Right? So between the ages of 73 and 84, Julie here was going to have to pay back this 250000 But because everyone gets a trophy, she, she now isn't going to meet that deadline, right? Under their, her plan got renegotiated, and now she is paying less each month under the new agreement, and that the, the debt tied to these payments, right, they, they weren't going to have the money, right? So when the... The bond matured. So many people, and you got to remember now, in this, I'm using Julie here because the Wall Street Journal used Julie. There's, there's thousands of Julies. 
that are due in these years, right? 2043 and 2054, and then, you know, there's thousands, tens of thousands of more Julies that got bonds due in 2044 and 2055, and hundreds of thousands that got them due in 20, right, 45 and 2056 and so on and so forth. So I was, I was reading the, the Wall Street Journal here. I was like, man, okay, these got to be downgraded to junk right now. There's no way. Well, apparently, they were able to keep the ratings on their bonds because they moved back the date the maturity date of the bond now is 2083. Now, Julie here in 2083 is going to be 114 years old. Pretty sure she's not going to be waitressing for 12 bucks an hour at 114 to pay this bill back. What could possibly go wrong? Patreon Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. Fascinating. Over one, I think we're approaching now $1.6 trillion in student loans. This particular tranche, if you will, that this Lady Julie is in, is $11.5 billion. They got it triple A rated. And I'm sitting there going, who in the right mind would rate these AAA? She's going to be 114 years old, if she's still alive, which, you know, what, what I don't know, what, what's life expectancy, like 80? So uh, let's see, in most likelihood, she'll have been dead 34 years. So, but you know what? In in the article, they said that there's the 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 government guarantee, right? That that's what it is. Where again, everybody gets a trophy. By the way, this lady is a nurse, so uh, I don't know what kind. It, it just says that she's a nurse, and and I'm assuming that she actually graduated. Uh, don't know what nursing school cost, but. Uh, this particular group is of, of people that, and I, like I said, all these, these this tranche here are people of her age. They're all 50, 11.4 billion in this particular tranche. But don't worry, it's AAA rating. <laughs> and they said because, well, you know, hey, the government guarantee, I don't know how they're going to get the money, but... Uh, I guess they could garnish her Social Security check. Uh, like I said, though, the problem will be she's most likely going to die way before anyway. So, so uh, after that, who knows? Maybe we'll have to. Maybe the kids will pay it. Yeah, that's that's the right idea. She claims that she sold her house to help pay it down. So I don't know what it used to be. Uh, but when you sit there and, and maybe we maybe we can get the moms involved. That's it. That's what we need to do. Moms. 
for forgiving student debt. Oh, wait, we don't need him on. We got Bernie Sanders. He's, he's the one uh, that's going to handle all that. Enough of that. They've got a rally on the Dow. I'm just getting bits and pieces right now. Uh, the president is going to impose more sanctions on Iran, but is, I guess, saying that, hey, we're going to stand down. Well, Iran is going to stand down, and we should work towards a new deal with Iran, uh, imposing extra sanctions. Iran won't be allowed to have a nuclear weapon as long as he is president. Uh, that's kind of the headlines, but... I, Again, I think Wall Street is is anything outside of, hey, we're going to go to war with Iran was going to perceive to be good news. Uh, the Dow is up almost 200 points right now. Gold's down 15. So gold, uh, like I said, late yesterday, gold was up to 1,600. Right now, uh, 1,558. 1,558. This is the first pullback in gold. And I think 11 days, 11 trading days. Uh, take the time. Call us. Uh, as prices move, we'll move with them. Uh, but I wanted to real quickly break down uh, gold for you. I did a little digging. I went back to 2011. You know, 2011, gold hit its high. You know, and you know, we'll call it 1900. Everyone debates on what the actual high close, uh, I think it was 1895, but whatever it was, right around 1900. In September 21st, 2011, gold was $1,793. And that's an important number. Because you know everyone's saying, hey, 17, 1800. From September 21st to December 26th. Now, you got to take a couple of those days away because there was a weekend. So in three trading days, gold went from $1,793 to $1,598. So it was, you know, a $200 drop in just three days. Then gold actually... Uh, well, I guess I should say right before that number. So gold had a very volatile couple of months. Uh, in August, it was 1876, right near the high. Another weekend there, two days, two trading days later, 1598. Right then it went to 73, 1793, back to 1598. I may have to adjust that number. Maybe it's fifteen ninety eight, but I'm pretty sure it's fifteen eighty five from charts because of time. Then in November, so think about this: in August, it hit the highs. By uh, a couple of days after the highs, gold's down to sixteen. You know, went from almost nineteen hundred to sixteen hundred. A month later, it's back to almost eighteen hundred, back to sixteen hundred. Then in November. Gets back to, to 1785. A couple of days later, it's 1681. And then in December, it gets back to 1752. So the, the pattern of lower highs. The first day of December, 1752, the last day of September, 
1531. And I only bring that out because you see these, these huge gaps that were created in here. And this is why, I want to reaffirm why everyone says, okay, now that it's gotten 1600, right? 17 and 1800 are coming. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. A final segment here on this Wednesday. Really, I don't know, what did people really expect? And I'm talking, you know, talking about Iran. You know, oh, they're standing down. I mean, yeah. I I think the, uh, I don't know, maybe it's all the the liberal side of things where um, we just gave these people way too much credit than that that they deserved. Uh, I think pretty expected here, right? Iran uh, is going to face more sanctions. Uh, We're back to the whole nuclear thing again and and barring anything dramatic. I think that's kind of going to be the end of it, at least for now. But it's the Middle East. I mean, come back in another month or two. It'll be something else. Uh, But nonetheless, new all-time highs on the S&P. On the S&P, not on the Dow, but on the S&P. So the actual incident. It was, was uh, you know, kind of a nod of it for Wall Street. But the fact that we confirmed that it, there's not going to be an incident, now everything's wonderful. Uh, and, again, as long as we don't have to focus in on the real data, it's okay, right? Uh, more diversionary tactics. Like I said, Walgreens came out with a, a miss on earnings. And then the plane that went down, we didn't talk about that either. Uh, and I, I, A Boeing plane went down. It was heading from Iran, uh, I think, to the Ukraine. Unless this thing got shot down, which, you know, I don't want to start that whole thing, but this was a new plane. So this plane was uh, delivered uh, in 2016, I think towards the end of 2016. The plane's only like three years old uh, and crashed like two minutes after takeoff. Uh, and, And Boeing... Uh, was was down on the news because, like I said, be one thing, right? You know, the Russians have problems with plane crashing, but the planes are like 65 years old. You know, they're super old planes. This was a, a newer Boeing plane that went down, uh, but all is forgotten. Uh, forget about earnings. Forget about more issues with Boeing. Let's just focus in on something I think all of us already knew, right, with uh, the deal with Iran and uh will continue to drive these markets. Like I said, I think the market's still got another 60 to 90 days left in it. Uh, and then the whole, I think the whole presidential thing will start. Uh, I did see yesterday the Wall Street Journal talking Bernie Sanders now. So we'll see uh, something I know Eric will probably talk about it. Eric, by the way, will be up in Colorado uh, today and he'll be up there for the next couple weeks. Uh, uh Metals plants, they're done. We are on a shipping regiment. Well, you know, and you guys know the post office gets all mad. We can't go in there with every box. Uh, so every day we ship a little bit, ship a little bit. They're all done. Uh, the shipping will be over on Friday. It, there's no order. 
you know, Arlene, Wendy, they put, you know, 20, 30 boxes, you know, packages in at a time. And whatever, you know, whatever ones they grab go, there's there's no rhyme or reason. It's not alphabetical or anything like that. But by Friday, all of them will be shipped. If you want to buy the dip today, call us. Uh, wherever the markets are, we'll give you a great deal. 800 951 Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow.